1: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. This episode, along with every episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast, this season is brought to you by our sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 107-95 to win over the Philadelphia 76ers. And I gotta say right off the top, gotta be honest about it, man. The Sixers were not full. Uh, they were not at full strength. Um, you know, you don't have... Joel Embiid who is out with hand surgery and you don't have uh, Josh Richardson who you know early in the game suffered a leg injury pretty much did not factor into this game whatsoever and um, if you recall at least uh, you know in that first game the Raptors played against the Sixers here at Scotiabank uh, earlier the season when Embiid scored zero points um, very memorable game (laughs) but uh, yeah I mean you know Richardson was definitely a, a major contributor on that one. He scored, I think, 25 or 28 points. Um, so, I got to say, this is not fair to judge the Sixers on this game alone. Um, clearly, they're shorthanded. But, I will say, though, that the Raptors have played the Sixers shorthanded this year. Um, you know, that first game, which, again, Embiid scored zero points. Uh, they were shorthanded. They didn't have Kyle Lowry. They didn't have Serge Ibaka. Um... And, yeah, the Raptors got found a way to get it done. And now they're 2-1 on the season against the Sixers who, um, you know, you got to give them credit. They are a team that is very strange. I mean, usually when they're full health, at full strength, well, the Raptors have played the Sixers a lot at full strength. You know, obviously last year, seven games in the playoffs um, and already three times this year, twice at full strength. Um, the Sixers are sort of a throwback team, kind of a team out of the 90s, um, really dominate the paint really uh, have size advantages, play through the post, uh, a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, a lot of two-point baskets, and they sort of play and win that win. Defensively, they're really, really tough. Um, but, you know, without Embiid, that changes the whole dynamic. Like, they're not that team anymore, uh, and they play entirely differently. And without Embiid, it's a Simmons-led show. And really what they do is it looks like a really discount version of the Milwaukee Bucks, where you have dollar store Giannis in uh, Ben Simmons, sort of uh, having the floor spread for him with four shooters around him, driving and then kick, get, kicking it out for threes or swing sequences stuff like that, and um, you know you got to give the the Sixers credit. Like I, I think. They threw a curveball at the Raptors early on. I don't think the Raptors were really prepared to play this version of the Sixers. Defensively, it seemed like the Raptors' priorities were very strange. Um, they really pressured Simmons. They got up on him really high, uh, which made it a lot easier for him to sort of blow past guys. And they're also really collapsing the paint, which was leaving a lot of shooters open. And the Sixers definitely caught the Raptors off guard because the Sixers, coming to this game on the season, averaged 27 three point attempts per game. Tonight, they shot 46. Um, So it's definitely a divergence from how they usually play. Uh, And the Sixers even hit a lot of threes, too. They made 18 threes, which is pretty damn good for the Sixers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it just speaks to the the style of game, right? The Sixers just played entirely differently, and it caught the Raptors off guard early on. The Raptors uh, trailed 35 to to 26 after the first quarter. Um, Very uncharacteristic, to be honest. Uh, The Raptors, again, like I said, defensively, the strategy didn't really seem completely suited, at least out front to uh, guard the Sixers. Uh, they were making some errors. And, and honestly, it's you know it's, it's not even so much on Nick sort of coming up with a bad strategy and the coaching staff. It's also just like the Raptors players were just making mistakes. It was uncharacteristic. Like the amount of miscommunications and errors that they were committing um, really put the Raptors in a hole. And usually they're not a team that uh, is not organized on defense. One of the greatest strengths of the Raptors, first off, this season, one of the greatest strengths is their defense. They're the second-ranked defense of the NBA. Um, but second of all, like, they're very together. They're very organized. That's part of the reason they're so successful playing different schemes and traps and zones and stuff like that is because, yeah, they they communicate really well. You can't really be effective playing those types of defenses without communicating. And so it was a little strange to see the Raptors miscommunicate, lose track of guys going in for back cuts, you know, leaving three-point shooters wide open. And so they're not playing well in the first, uh, first half. And really, they weren't playing well, Um you know – on the whole but it it felt like one of those nights where the Raptors stuck in the mud very frustrating um you know they did fix their defense which uh to be honest it it really took the Raptors going to a zone defense that really helped now strategically a zone works pretty well against the Sixers because um you know there's they have a guy in Simmons who likes to drive and get to the paint and, and collapse the defense if you're zoning then uh, you're making it very difficult for him to get all the way down to the middle of the lane, especially if a zone's working properly. You have, like, three defenders, basically, um, you know, in position to help pretty much where whichever side of the floor Simmons decides to drive from. Uh, and also, you know, the Sixers are just, generally speaking, not a very good shooting team. Obviously, tonight uh, they were shooting it pretty well. Um, but weirdly enough, the zone kind of worked not even necessarily as, like, a defensive strategy. It worked to just sort of, like convince the raptors to talk to each other because you need to communicate in the zone you're responsible for other people you're 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 directing people uh you know you need your back line to be telling you what your front line guys where you guys going to go and stuff like that because you can't really see and everything like that and you got to stay on a string you got to rotate you got to you you know you really got to again um you know navigate screens and things like that again you got to do that when you're playing regular defense but especially in the zone you got to do that and i felt like honestly it just felt like the raptors team defense, really locked in when they went to the zone, uh, sort of midway through the uh, second quarter there. And it it just sort of turned the game around. I mean, defensively, after the first quarter, the Raptors were pretty damn good. The Sixers, if you take out the first quarter where they shot really well, the Sixers shot 30% between the second, third, and fourth quarters. They uh, shot 18 of... 59 from the field, and that's just a really impressive defensive display from the Raptors. We know that they can do that. We know that that's the strength of the team, um, and that and that's how they really locked down the Sixers. But, you know, it's weird because you got to get the Sixers credit. They, they fought, and they stuck around, even though they were not getting good looks offensively, and they're not really making their shots at a, after a certain point. But you know there was a lot of sequences that made this seem kind of frustrating, where there would be a mislayup on one end, uh, and and then the Sixers would go there they hit a three, and someone the Raptors would commit a silly turnover, and they would you know these little short swings that were five point swings, four point swings, three point swings, that sort of just kept the Sixers alive. Like the Raptors should have put them away a lot earlier, um, especially after they went into halftime. You know. Tied game, 50-50. They played a bad half. They were still tied. They're at home. They're full strength. They should be able to, to just blow past this team. And it really wasn't until at the end of the third quarter that the Raptors started to make a push where, um, you know, Fred VanVleet was really uh, – just central to most of the Raptors' pushes tonight. First off, Fred VanVleet was just phenomenal tonight. Uh, If you look at the numbers, 22 points in 42 minutes, five rebounds, eight assists, amazing. Playing so well, broke his uh, minutes restriction for sure. Um, But he was in such a rhythm that, hey, man, you got to play him because he's effective and he's carrying the team. Uh, And even in the first quarter, you know, in the first half when it didn't seem like Fred was playing his best. There were times where he was driving to the rim, getting blocked, people complaining on the timeline about, you know, Fred not making his layups, Fred being too swort, whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. He's 5'10". He's not going to make a lot of layups, especially against a team like the Sixers who have so many big guys. But, uh, Fred really sparked the team, I thought, because the team was kind of dead offensively. You know, just the bench unit was not re- really working that well. The presence around Rhonda Halls Jefferson really cramping the floor spacing and not really helping the team as a whole. Offensively, it was hard to generate offense just um, in half-court situations. I thought Fred was the guy that sort of got them out of it with a driving and one and then also a three, a pull-up three. But really it was that end of the third quarter there where Fred hits two threes to give the Raptors the advantage. And then he works a pick and roll with Kyle Lowry. That's right. Kyle Lowry and Fev and Lee worked a pick and roll. Somehow that's not the KFC play of the game. Um, but yeah, Fev and Lee and Kyle Lowry worked a pick and roll where Fred had the ball. Kyle came to screen for him. They were trying to go at Raul Neto on this, on the Sixers um, who is somehow their best point guard. Uh, if you don't count Simmons as a point guard, which Simmons traditionally speaking, not really a point guard. Um, but, yeah, they were trying to go at Raul Netto, so they had Kyle, you know, screen for him because uh, Netto was guarding Kyle. And Kyle slipped to the rim. Fred found him with the pass. Kyle drove inside finished. And, uh, yeah, super ultra rare, man. That might be the shortest pick-and-roll combination in NBA history between Fred and Kyle. Uh, I don't know if uh, Earl Boykins and uh, Muggsy Bose combined for a pick-and-roll or something, but that, that has to be, you know, one of the shortest pick-and-roll combinations. So Fred really gets the Raptors um, on the front foot at the end of the third quarter and then in the fourth quarter Fev Van Vliet hits three three pointers to just put the Sixers away um you know it, it this guy it, <laughs> I mean some people maintain that he's high you know he had a hot shooting stretch The we were lucky because Fred you know hit all these shots in the in the playoffs and stuff like that it's like yeah but that's just Fred now every game uh <laughs> this is just a regularity for Fred now he's Super clutch. Uh, it feels like, especially when the games get tight, Fred Van Vliet is the guy who is most impervious to it. He really got ice in his veins, man, especially on these threes. Like, they're ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like I said, three threes in the fourth quarter. The KFC play of the game, again, somehow does not go to Fred Van Vliet staring now, Raul Neto uh, with the Raptors up 10 with about a minute 30 left, and then stepping back, pulling up, switching another three for his, you know, last bucket of the game. And just to really put this game on ice, and the crowd went nuts. Uh, somehow that's not the play of the game. But, uh, yeah, Fred was just awesome. He was really instrumental. He really took control and ownership of the team. Uh, this was a very weird game where Pascal really struggled from the floor. Uh, very up and down game for Pascal. and it was, just, it was a weird game for a lot of guys. I mean, you know, OG, go scoreless, was not very good at all. Minus 13 and 21 minutes for OG, very weird, especially considering the fact that the last time the Six Raptors played the Sixers that was on the road in Philadelphia – uh og was really good in that game he really was he was probably the raptors best game uh, best guy that that night outside of kyle um but you know og was really struggling tonight um you look at it obviously ronde wasn't really producing much terrence goes scoreless pat McCaw. uh it's very unfortunate but literally the first play he supped into the game he gets hit in the face by some random dude named norvell pell which is just not a great name. I mean, like, the the rhyming sequence there, just not great. But still, Norvell Pell hits Macaw in the face, and Macaw apparently now has a broken nose, and he is now going to see a specialist, which is just very unfortunate for him. Um, you know, it's just he was down, it was scary, his blood coming out of him, uh, and he had to, uh, you know, head straight for the locker room, and, and literally, Macaw. He played one possession and he got hit in the face. It's, it's, it really sucks. But, you know, a lot of guys that you would count on for points uh, were not there. And Fred really sort of took ownership of the team. So I, I really enjoyed uh, what Fred was able to do. And it's it's such a sharp turnaround, too, from, you know, um, what happened in last year's playoff series where Fred scores like 15 total points. I think for 15 or 14. I think it might have been 14. 14 total points through three games or through seven games. And, uh, you know, largely ineffective. I mean, some of the stats out there, he had he had as many made baskets as uh, block shots, that, you know, in terms of just, like, the times he got blocked by James Ennis, which I think was... He got blocked by James Ennis three times. He kept getting his three-point shot blocked. Uh, he wasn't really recording assists. Like, Fred was having a terrible series in that 6-0 series, uh, and obviously he turned it around, but it just speaks to sort of just the overall improvement in Van Bleet's game, the, the difference in demeanor, the difference in confidence. I mean, you look at Fred this year... The Sixers are probably the worst matchup in the, in the league for him, at least on paper. You think about, you know, guys with length, uh, guys, uh, you know, just having rim protection, obviously, in you know, Embiid. Uh, obviously, he didn't play tonight, but still, um, you know, uh, even Horford is a really good shot blocker. And, again, the Sixers have a lot of size and whatever. You know, that does affect Fred for sure. Definitely got his shot blocked a couple of times. But when you look at it on the whole, Fred has not played bad against the Sixers this year. When the Raptors beat the Sixers here at Scotiabank earlier this season, Fred had 24 points, eight assists, not nine of 15 from the field, three of six from three. Very efficient game, really, really good game. And again, that was without Kyle Lowry in the lineup, so Fred really had to, uh, you know, <laughs> ball out for the Raptors to win that game. And you look at it tonight: 22 points for Fred, eight of 17 from the field, six, of seven from three. Made all these clutch shots uh, in the fourth quarter um, and just throughout the game, and, and eight assists as well. Fred has come a long way, man. He's really come a long way, and uh, he was awesome tonight. Um, like I mentioned, Pascal w- was not awesome. Uh, it was a frustrating night for Pascal, for sure, up and down. It's pretty clear that uh, in his return from the groin injury, he's going to need to sort of play through it and really find his rhythm. Um, tonight, 8 of 23 from the field is just straight-up bad. And the, the the striking thing with Pascal, that it's not even necessarily that he's missing threes or whatever, because he is. I mean, he shot 5 of 25 Uh, Since coming back from injury, it's a concern. Uh, That's a concern. It it definitely limits his ability to be effective offensively if he can't hit wide open threes. And he had two wide open threes tonight in the fourth quarter that rimmed down. And it was, you know, uh, not upsetting, but it was just, you know, disheartening, I guess. But the most concerning thing with Pascal is, like, he's not drawing fouls, man. Uh, You look at it tonight, 23 field goal attempts. He gets two free throw attempts out of that. And really, the two free throw attempts were on a Nick Nurse uh, challenge, a very heads-up challenge where I I think Furkan Korkmaz initially was called that he had taken a charge, but then Nick Nurse reviewed the play. Uh, Again, shout-out to Raptors Game Ops at the arena for showing the replay in the big screen so Nick Nurse could watch it within that 30-second count and challenge for the call. I do like that. That's a real home court advantage when your your video guys can help you there. Uh, but, yeah, Nick challenged the play and the play got reversed. Furkan Corkmaz was still moving and Pascal got to the free throw line for two free throws where he split the one for two. But still, 8 of 23 and only gets two free throw attempts, that's bad. I mean, first off, Pascal picked up a tech for complaining about the fact that he got hacked a lot of times. But, I mean, like, man, he's got to find a way to either play through the contact and finish through the contact or he needs to find a way to uh, – draw the contact in a way that leads to free throws it's it's sort of unacceptable to take 23 shots and only get two free throws it's really gonna hurt your efficiency especially on a night where you're not playing that well on the hole and you're not hitting outside shots uh it's gonna really limit you and this is something that's sort of you know become a bigger pattern for pascal i mean he's just for a guy who is a very high usage guy has not delivered a lot of free throws and it's gonna hurt his efficiency so especially after the night when you're eight of 23 um What's strange, actually, just uh, just as a comparison, Ben Simmons doesn't really have any moves either. Or uh, well, he definitely has less moves than Pascal, especially in the post and things like that. But Simmons is able to get to the free throw line nine times, and Pascal, again, only had those two free throws that were sort of retroactively applied. Um, it's just, a I don't know, something different about it. Um, but, you know, to Siakam's credit, he did take a lot of contact they, the referees really allowed Ben Simmons to play very physically on defense, use his hands, swipe at the ball, and stuff like that. And Pascal, you know, I'm sure he got beat up on a couple of possessions there. But on the whole, this is just a development form for him. And also just in his return from a growing injury, you know, he's going to be up and down. Groin injuries are really tough, and we have not seen the best of Pascal since uh, his return. However, I got to give him credit also for the fact that, you know, he really – Uh, locked in and made contributions down the stretch. I mean, his rebounding down the stretch was really good. Grabbed a couple of defensive rebounds. On the whole, 15 rebounds on that night. He found a way to contribute. And, you know, whatever. He's a max player. Uh, Gassing a guy about 15 rebounds is, you know, Reggie Evans' behavior and sort of um, uh, below Pascal. But still you know even on a night when he wasn't at his best he tried to stay involved he tried to stay engaged he made a couple of defensive plays and and that's what you want to see from a number one guy you don't want to see him disengage on a whole especially on a night when he's struggling you still want to see him channel his energy and his effectiveness in other areas and defensively pascal this year has not been as good as he was last year and the year before that but um when he's really engaged when he's really putting his mind to it he can really be a very good defender and we saw that tonight so uh you know up and down game for pascal um and really, the two of the guys that kind of lifted the Raptors down the stretch, Norman Powell, of course, I mean, first off, very unfortunate. He did not get the 20 points tonight. I was screaming for the Sixers to foul him at the end because he had the ball with the shot clock turned off, and I thought the Sixers would foul him. He was, But he did finish with 18 points tonight, so that 20-point streak was over. But he had also eight rebounds um, and was a plus 23 in 28 minutes. Uh, offensively, you know, he's uh, the three-point shot is sort of cooling off for him, which is to be expected. He's not going to shoot like – 50% from three uh, for an extended month. It's just not realistic for him. But uh, he's getting to the rim and he's getting to the free throw line. Like, he is just so opportunistic with his drives. I mean, he took—he had two great dunks tonight, one which was incredible. Again, somehow this is also not the case he played the game, where Norm Powell caught a pass uh, from Marcus Gasol where Gasol threw him the pass on the perimeter. Norm had his back to the play because he wasn't really paying attention. Somehow corrals the ball and, and snags it right at the top of the corner there. Then comes off a picker hole with the Marc Gasol and dunks it on Al Horford's head. Um, small small revenge for TJ Ford. Small revenge. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Norm was just great in terms of just attacking the rim. And he's been so, so good at picking his spots and going straight from point A to point B, bursting past people and finishing. Um, it, it's been the biggest tangible improvement in Norm's game. And, we you know, we've talked about how norm has improved over the stretch things like that uh his hot streak is it sustainable or whatever the biggest thing that's encouraging with norm is that a the decision making be the focus on the game-to-game basis he's just ready to play and then three the improved finishing his finishing in the basket is much better and really i do believe the finishing in the basket is just a reflection of him making better reads he's taking better shots he's more in the flow of the offense and he's more direct with his offense because it Norm has that speed. He has that athleticism. And don't forget, Norm has a 6'11 wingspan as well. So for a guard, he's really able to explode and get to the rim real quick. And he's able to make definitive um, moves that, again, you know, it's it's just really helping the Raptors with a boost of scoring off the bench. You know, Norm, you know, it, what's really impressive is that this game and also the Atlanta game, obviously the Atlanta game it was a lot of three-pointers. Today was a lot of drives. But what's impressive to me in the, these two games is that first half, Norm Powell was not contributing much. And you're like, man – you know he's not doing much like in the first half against uh, the Hawks he had two points tonight I'm not really sure what he had in the first half but it w- definitely wasn't more than two points um, or maybe four points or something like that but Norm really came alive into you know down the stretch making a lot of plays just really helping uh, f- with the bench and he got to close the game tonight actually because the Raptors were getting so little from their starting uh, small forward and O.J. Anobi and also Ronde who's played a lot of three in, in today's game with the Raptors playing bigger uh Yeah, you know, Norm had to close the game as a three, and he played really well. And then uh, I got to give a lot of shout-out to uh, Serge Baku, who was really, really good uh, in the second half. Um, He actually got the KFC play of the game, uh, which came where he, you know, pressured on the perimeter against that guy, Norrell Pell, uh, forced the turnover – Rondé collected a loose ball and hit it ahead to pass uh, to uh, Surge, who beat everyone down the floor. Finished with a two-handed dunk through the contact and completed the n one play, and that really shifted the momentum in the game. He also hit a three during that stretch as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, a Surge th- that play was just uh, just really changed everything. And, and as a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So watch the team get buckets. With a side of buckets like original recipe, popcorn, chicken, tenders, or hot wings, order at kfc.ca and get buckets before tip off, just like Serge Ibaka. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Serge really made an effort tonight, uh, it really made an impact off the bench. And again, he got to close over a guy like Marcus Saw, who wasn't even a bad tonight. Marcus Saw was awesome. Like, he's played 25 minutes, 7 um, 7 from the field, 3 3 from 3. Uh, five rebounds, three assists, you know, was moving the ball really well. Honestly, he, Marc Gasol was the only reason the Raptors were tied at halftime because he was playing so well and he was organizing the team. The Raptors were really sloppy in the first half. Marcus Gasol, like a port in a storm, just directing traffic, making make sure everything's good, um, you know, finding Pascal for cuts, um, you know, hitting his threes. You know, he even hit his two turnaround Uh jumpers he's been trying to hit that for a while seems like since the injury um and he's got some rest he's got much better balance with that shot um but yeah mark played really well but look listen man serge down the stretch was definitely the guy to you know go to there because traditionally serge Ibaka has just really outplayed al horford in that matchup he's always liked the uh, matchup without horford i think horford is a very effective player very heads up player um but he's really good with his mobility he's really good playing on the perimeter and honestly when you put a smaller guy on him he's actually pretty good in the post but what Ibaka does is that he negates most of the physical advantages that Horford presents over most other guys uh if you look at it tonight Ibaka 16.7 rebounds two assists two steals plus 24 in 27 minutes you look at Al Horford seven points 10 rebounds seven assists two steals minus six three of 11 from the field um Ibaka did a really good job just sticking with Horford and also um You know, just also providing timely help whenever the you know that the occasional call for like Matisse Thybul would try to go to the rim against them, and um, what's his name, Ron Neto would try to go to the rim against them, and um, you know all these other guys, and it just wasn't working. Serge did a did a really good job protecting the basket, and so um, yeah, it was you know it it was a satisfying win again. You know the Sixers they weren't full they weren't at full strength. Um, You know they're definitely a different team with Embiid. I think defensively it's just night and day. Uh, you know, you look at sort of how good Embiid is defensively in terms of just shutting down the rim. It, it's a measure of rim protection and rim intimidation that, um, you know, forces teams to go to, you know, extremes to score the rim. But um, still, they were still a very good team. They still got a lot of talent. To be honest, their talent, it, it, it's... Their talent fits a little bit better when Embiid's not around or when Simmons not around. It doesn't; re- they, they kind of overlap, and this the, the, they're not the sum of their parts. They're actually less than the sum of their parts. Um, but still, uh, it was a satisfying win for the Raptors because the Sixers play hard. They're they're a tough team, and. You know, it was just nice to see the Raptors separate themselves in the second half. Um, and, again, big shout-out to Fred VanVleet. He was awesome. He's the number one star tonight, 22 points, five rebounds, eight assists, a steal, eight of 17 from the field, six of seven from the three. Again, he played 42 minutes. Uh, he's supposed to be on a bit of a minutes restriction, but seems like Fred is a guy where, um, you know, he gets into a rhythm. You don't want to disrupt that rhythm. Uh, and he got hot, and he played most of the second half, and uh, I loved it. You know, Fred is really balling out. He played really, really well. Uh, second star, I'm giving that to um, Serge Ibaka, 16.7 rebounds, two assists, two steals, plus 24 in 27 minutes off the bench. Again, he got to close the game over Mark, which is really impressive because Mark was very good and honestly deserving of a star. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Serge, two-way production from Serge. And, and, you know, it's just it's such a luxury, man. Like, you're bringing Serge Ibaka off the bench. That's amazing. Um, it really is. Serge Ibaka off the bench outplayed the 60s. You know, all their starting front-line guys. You look at Tobias Harris, 22 points on 7 of 18 shooting. Not great. He's almost definitely a Chris Middleton clone. Uh, Al Horford, again, you know, definitely outplayed by Serge Ibaka. And you just, you know, like you know, the, the Sixers are bringing Norvell Pell off the bench for one point and one injury caused. Uh, you know, obviously, Embiid being out hurts that, and, and that's the reason why Pell's playing. But, damn, they're playing... That guy off the bench, and the Raptors are bringing Serge Ibaka off the bench. It's such a giant luxury to have. He's an amazing player, um, especially when he's locked in. He's focused, uh, you know, hitting the threes, which you're always kind of like, are you sure you want to take that three? And then it's one of those no, 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 yes shots. That Serge is definitely great at hitting. Um, But, yeah, Serge also had that, you know, breakthrough play, that, that steal, and then the and one. Uh, so great job by Serge, and then third star. It's tough not to give it to Marcus All here because he played really well, and again a perfect game from the field, seven of seven. But I got to give it to Norm Powell just because on the, what he did in the second half, offensively, sort of providing that sort of second bit of burst outside of Forever Embiid and outside of um, Serge Ibaka. That Embiid Serge Ibaka pick and roll actually worked pretty well uh, in the fourth quarter. I know uh, you know historically they've not necessarily been on the same page, it's sort of been uh, a little bit awkward at times to see them run the offense, but. It worked pretty well last uh, tonight, but Norm Powell, I mean, just providing that secondary scoring in terms of in transition, uh, even in a half court setting, coming off a screen, dunking on guys, you know, getting to the rim. He's so explosive; he just goes from point A to point B. It's like he teleports there, man, and he goes there with such force that you know defenses are either forced to foul him uh, or they're getting a layup, or Norm Powell is getting a layup, and Norm is converting the layups at a very, very high rate this season, and it's uh, very encouraging to see. Um, Again, 18 points for Norman Powell, 6-11 shooting in 28 minutes, 8 rebounds as well, plus 23. Great game. And honestly, you know, just a good game of the Raptors in in general. I thought Nick Nurse also had a really good game. Um, You know, early in the game, obviously, the Raptors did not play well, and, you know, you can maybe chalk it up to uh, not necessarily being as prepared and not knowing the personnel as much. But as the game wore on, I thought the Raptors adjusted well. I thought them going to that zone really solidified the team, made them play better team defense. Uh, definitely improved communication, and also, you know, just the way that you manage the minutes. I mean, look, listen, this is not a game for OG and an Obi. He was not delivering much tonight. Uh, again, he played 21 minutes, two rebounds, two assists, a steal, minus 13, 0.21 minutes. Not great. Not great. And he recognized that Ronda Hollis Jefferson, you know, normally he would have a guy on the perimeter he can, you know, uh, apply pressure to and force turnovers and do all that stuff. Ronda today was just cramping the floor, so he cut down on both those guys' minutes. And, you know, he gave those to Norm Powell and uh, normally delivered. I thought he made the right call in closing the game with Ibaka over Gasol just to have that extra bit of shot blocking and also to neutralize Horford. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, Nick Nurse, man. Good game. Good game from Nick Nurse. Uh, in terms of – so your three stars are there. In terms of your Gerald Henderson uh, award, that's got to go to – Furkan Korkmaz, 27 minutes. Uh, he had 17 points off the bench. Doesn't really provide much else. He had two blocks somehow, which I don't remember. But uh, 6 of 13 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. He had this one really impressive floater that was from the elbow. And he sort of just tossed in the soft floater that went in. I was I was surprised. I didn't think he had uh, a touch like that. That's a really difficult shot. But, um, yeah, man, 17 points, 27 minutes for Furkan. Pretty good. Um, and so that does it for the podcast. Again, satisfying win for the Raptors. It was nice to see them sort of come together. Again, the Sixers are not full strength, but still, man. Uh, the Raptors broke through. Uh, in terms of takeaways, obviously, you want to see Pascal improve, and you want to see Pascal get back into a rhythm. Uh, you want to see Pascal be better in terms of playing with the contact and through the contact and things like that. You want to see OG be more <laughs> just consistent because sometimes he's amazing and sometimes he's you know completely invisible like tonight. Uh, but on the whole, Mark, Kyle, Fred, Serge, Norm, you know they balled out for the Raptors, and the Raptors got the win. So uh, the Raptors are now, uh, well, I mean they're still one game back of the uh, Miami Heat, who somehow continue to win in overtime. This is getting ridiculous. It's just the Miami Heat just won in overtime again. I gotta check the standings, but uh, and, and I'm gonna do that in a second here. But Miami, I don't know, man. I got my eye on them, man. They, I don't know how they keep doing this. They might, they might be the best overtime team in NBA history because if you look at it right now the Miami Heat are 8 and 0 in overtime and yeah they got some guys who can execute and you know uh, Spolster is a good coach and things like that but you look around the league the Bucks are 0 and 1 the Raptors are 2 and 2 the Celtics are 0 and 1 Pacers are 2 and 1 Sixers are 0 and 2 you look down the line every single team you know there's a Thunder are 4 and 1 and the Grizzlies are 4 uh, and Thunder are 4 and 0 and Grizzlies are 4 and 1 no team in the NBA is as good in overtime as the Miami Heat. 8-0, and that's really what is fueling their team because they're not playing defense as well as much now anymore. They've lost to some you know, pretty crap teams. And, you know, again, they're still up on the Raptors on that two seed by one game. But, uh, you know, the Raptors are coming, man. The Raptors have won five straight. They're feeling good. And, um, yeah, and, and one last reminder. So if you have a hot take, or if you have a question, and if you want to be involved in the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show that comes out every Friday between 3.30 and 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Raptor, on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page, that's a show that's where I, along with my co-host Josh Hart, we take phone calls from Raptor fans and also YouTube comments like that. It's a very fun show. If you haven't checked it out already, go check it out. But if you would like to be involved in that show but you cannot call in live – uh, you can leave us a message, um, whether that's a question, whether that's a hot take, whether that's a comment, whatever. Um, you can direct message the Iowa Sports Canada Instagram account, them, message us. You know, leave your take, and uh, we'll play the best calls live on the air on Friday. But in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. Listen to this week's episode of the Rappers Over Everything podcast. Uh, that i did with alex we recorded it prior to the sixer game i'm pretty sure i called this as a win so i feel pretty satisfied about that but um yeah things are good with the raptors right now everyone's healthy everyone's rolling hopefully macaw's okay uh and uh yeah i'll check back on friday when the raptors i mean let's be real they're gonna beat the knicks